Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and joining me today from UN's stomach is my good friend Jason. Jason, how you doing? Doing well, how about you? I'm doing very, very well. Jason's joining me today because uh, he and I are starting a new segment that we'll probably do well, once in a while. Pretty much, uh, it's a cartoon rewatch. Um, we look back at cartoons that we watched growing up in the late 70s, 80s, maybe even into the 90s. We're going to uh, decide which uh, cartoons to watch we're gonna just pick a random episode critique it like i guess serious critics <laughs> right. the fiscal uh, hebrew of cartoons <laughs> exactly yeah you know very serious like that and uh really just kind of say you know why we like this cartoon as a kid and does it still hold up today so jason which uh which cartoon did we decide for our uh premiere episode dungeons and dragons yeah, did you love this cartoon I, as a kid? I, I did. I, I, I watched, like you just said to me earlier before we started recording, uh, there's, I think, 26 or 27 episodes. <laughs> I watched probably every episode of that as a kid. I don't remember them all, but I remember <laughs> watching it, remember loving it. And I even watched it, be- and I never played the actual board game. I just really? loved the cartoon. Never played. Wow. Okay, so I I did play the game uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and just like you, I'm pretty sure I watched all three seasons, all 27 episodes, and just like you, I probably don't remember a single one of them at right. all. <laughs> but the thing I do remember, and I'm sure you remember too, was was the intro, you know, the opening to this cartoon, because I think it's probably one of the best I've ever seen. What do you think? Yes, it is. It is with the roller coaster and the amusement park, and I I. I Watching this episode, that you'll find out, you'll all find out later on which episode we watched, but it, mm-hmm. it brought it brought it back right away when I saw that. I'm like, oh, the, just the, this the music and the sounds of the kids and the it is it, very nostalgic. Yeah, and it's also you know it's really good because it pretty much introduces the premise of the cartoon right then and there. Uh, I mean, it's a very famous opening. Like Jason said, it's uh, a group of friends getting on this Dungeons and Dragons ride. Like, you know, I think it's Bobby the Bar, who we find out becomes the barbarian. It's like, it's the Dungeons and Dragons ride. Right. <laughs> uh, and they go on it, and all of a sudden, they're just transported to, you know, a mysterious place. Um, they're already in their outfits. They're attacked by a dragon who we later find out is is Tiamat the dragon, a uh, five-headed dragon. And uh, a character shows up by the name of Dungeon Master and pretty much is like, you know, these are the roles that you have. And, uh, you know, you have to fight Venger and eventually you'll get home. So it's like you get all this exposition right there and you pretty much know what you're in store for. Right. Which is really good because the episode that we chose, and again, I chose it randomly. And the name of the episode was called The Night of No Tomorrow. And after watching it and doing a little research, I was like, oh, here's a list of episodes. Let me see. This was the premiere episode. <laughs> yeah. And I had no clue. And, and you had no clue either. So it was <laughs> no clue. And so, you know, this in, this intro was really important because when this episode opens they they just get right into it. <laughs> 
and even even it, with it being the first episode, like you said, they get right into it. They they don't ex- the intro explains the show, but once the show starts, they already are looking the way to get home. They're already in their adventure. They already know how to use their powers right away. So it doesn't really explain like how do the, each one of these friends that are completely different backgrounds how do they know to use all these powers like right away they don't explain it so. yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly i mean it opens up that they're they're climbing up the side of a mountain uh hank who is the leader uh he is the ranger uh sort of like maybe we could see from here how to get back home so you just kind of assume like well i mean i remember as a kid like that was the goal of every episode it was like we got to right. try to figure out how to get back home so i'm like this could have been the middle of season two for all i know right so um Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, like I was saying that the the powers that they had, they, they, not only the powers, but they have a unicorn with them, and that just seems perfectly normal to them. And it's the first episode, so it's maybe the first episode for us, and the first episode of the season. But maybe it's weeks or months or uh, like a year into their adventure already. We don't know. We don't explain know. It. Exactly. And who knows how these, you know, stories were written out and drawn. I mean, for all we know, this could have been planned to be the fifth or sixth. Like, we we really don't know that because it's true. In the intro, uh, Uni the Unicorn, you know, just suddenly appears to them and it's like part of the team. And here for the pretty much the premiere episode, it's it's like business as usual. They're just got to find a way back home. Dungeon Master shows up and I kind of made a note here. I'm like, he's Yoda, basically. Yes, it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know, when you play the game, uh, the person who pretty much sets the story um, really calls out all the action um, when you do your dice throws and everything. Uh, the person who basically runs the game is known as dun- as the Dungeon Master. And here, he's just you know a character. They just call him Dungeon Master. And... Pretty much just like, really just like a game of Dungeons and Dragons. He's sort of like, well, here's today's quest, kids. <laughs> now, the only, the only the only reference I can think of for the actual game, I, I, I know I saw kids playing it in, in school, like in, in, I think it was in middle school when they actually started playing it with, for mm-hmm. me, elementary school, they probably weren't allowed. But uh, I remember seeing kids playing it at lunchtime. But my main reference, modern reference is uh, Stranger Things. So you you saw the in I don't know if any anybody's watched Stranger Things out there. Hopefully they have. If not, go watch it. But they hmm. they're sitting there playing Dungeons and Dragons, and so you can see like the the dungeon master and them doing quests and stuff like. That. So that's my only reference to that, except for the cartoon. Which, if it was just a cartoon, that was fine. I I don't even care if there was ever a game for it. But that dungeon master is their lifeline. They need him. So it's. It's a yeah, intricate yeah. character that isn't around for very long. So, <laughs> no, he isn't because he pretty much, you know, as soon as he comes on the scene, uh, the cavalier who's named Eric is sort of like, you know, hey man, get us home already. And he's like, right. he, just kind of like Yoda without the backwards talk, he basically speaks in riddles and he's like, well, not going to send you home, but you're going to go to this place and maybe you'll figure out a way home from there. And, uh, one of the things is he he kind of gives some clues. Uh, you know, he's like, head north to, to the town of Helix. Uh, basically explaining it was a town that was plagued by dragons. And uh, he kind of makes a reference to Venger. And that's the other thing, too, is 
Venger is their main adversary. You see him in the intro, but again, you know, this is the first episode. You know, the kids just know who he is, and it's like right. we're just introduced to like you know, big bad Venger right here. <laughs> right. Now, um, the town of mm-hmm. the town of Helix in the actual board game is there is the dice called a helix? Or I is think that, it, is that just. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, now that you mentioned it, I don't know if that was the reference they were trying to make, uh, because for people that play Dun- or for people that don't play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, there were different dice that were used that had, you know, there was a 20 sided die, uh, you know, right. uh, your traditional uh, six sided die. Um, so I, I don't know if that was like a reference or not to that. But I kinda, I, Yeah, I didn't know. I was just I was, that's just a, a theory that I just thought of just now because it's just. I know they use all the different types of dye and stuff like that. And I, I'm just wondering if that was like a name of the each, if that was the name of one of them, I don't know. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Very possible. It could have been. Uh, one of the interesting things that I, interesting things that I noticed is, and I guess this was kind of a trope of just cartoons of this time in general was it's just between these, these kids, it's just snappy one liner after another, you know, they're, they're making fun of each other and, and just jokes at each other's expense. And it's sort of like, I kind of made a note of that. I'm like, you know, they're just like the snappy one liner gang, you yes. know, right here. <laughs> and it, it, it almost reminded me of the, uh, the breakfast club because it, it had, it had the jock, it had the, the, the cocky, uh, like sorority guy, but not the sorority. He'd be like a letterman. Which mm-hmm. is which would be Eric the Cavalier, Hank would mm-hmm. Hank the Ranger would be the jock. The thief would be one of the one of the girls from the Breakfast Club, Ali Sheedy. Shilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just went right the Presto would be uh what's his name? Um the redheaded guy. Um, oh Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. Yes, Anthony the Michael nerd. Hall. The nerd, yes. It, it, I mean, but you go right down, but I mean they added some more in there, but it just reminded me of the the, the uh how they interacted with each other, like a brother and sister was in this and just, Mm -hmm. it was very interesting on how they did that. I like that. Yeah. And and again, you know, we didn't really realize it until the end, like this was the premiere episode. So actually, you know, what you kind of think here of just like these snappy one liners back and forth, it really does kind of show you, you know, who these characters really are. So basically dungeon master tells them, you know, Head north, uh, town of Helix, plagued by dragons. Uh, Venger was behind it, but he was vanquished. They have a big celebration, but maybe you'll find some answers there. But also kind of says it's important you go there. But he does give them a warning where he says, you know, you will face uh, the face of fear, meaning Venger, uh, but you will know him by his white hair. And then he's sort of like, you know, the kids blink and Dungeon Master's gone. And they're just like, well... Guess we head north. But I love it because Eric is just like, you know, Eric, who's the cavalier, is just like, he's just like, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of baloney. And it's like, well, what else are you gonna do? (laughs) You're just you're you're just wandering these dead uh wastelands of towns and cities, and you gotta get home. So you gotta go with do with the dungeon master dungeon master tells you. So it's you get home. Yeah, and he and, it, and his direction is pretty much go north, and it's like right. I think right here it was like the thief and the acrobat were sort of like it was funny, like like because I watched it a couple of times, going I don't get what they're doing here. It's like well, dungeon master said go north, so you know what that means, and they look at each other, and go go north, and I was like oh, I right. thought there was going to be a joke <laughs> or something. Right. Okay, go north. <laughs> 
so they're heading north, and I think right away they're they're even though they all kind of make fun of one another, they seem to really target Presto, who we've kind of identified as the nerd here. Yes. Uh, because, uh, so he is, and that's, and this, here's the interesting thing, because in the, in the introduction, uh, when Dungeon Master is giving them their weapons and sort of their titles, you know, Ranger, Barbarian, Cavalier, he's Magician, but then they'll call him a Wizard, they'll call him a Sorcerer. Um, what's interesting is in the game Dungeons and Dragons, there were specific designations, you know, you know, there were sorcerers, there were wizards kind of depending on levels and abilities and whatnot. But I was just like, eh, it's fine, whatever, you know, call him a wizard, call him whatever you like. But since he can't control his powers, you know, they're just constantly making fun of him the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody has normal names like Hank, Sheila, Diana, Bobby. And then there's the magician who is named Presto. Is that his real name? Is yeah. that that's what I was I was almost wondering, you know, <laughs> was he that kid who, you know, in this group, which is like they're a group of friends and they're so different. I'm like, was he the nerdy kid that was into yes. magic? <laughs> yeah, that was him. That's him right there. He was he was the magic kid. <laughs> they're all sitting around at lunch. He's like, hey guys, pick a card, any card. And they're like, right. oh, geez. Come call me Presto. Everybody calls me that. (laughs) So uh, they're wandering. They're heading towards the town of Helix. And then they see a sign. It's like Merlin's Castle this way. And they're kind of nonchalant about it. They're just sort of like, you know, oh, Merlin, he's pretty powerful. Maybe he could get us home. (laughs) And it's funny because they, they, they keep walking, you know, Merlin's Castle this way. Then they see a sign pointing in the opposite direction. And they're sort of like, you know, how could we have missed it? This and that. And I think it's Diana the Acrobat is sort of like, because they're like, you know, we looked everywhere. And she's like, you didn't look up. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Merlin's Castle's floating in the air. Uh, They're like, how do we get up there? Well, a golden ladder comes down. Um, And again, it's funny because they go up. Eric follows them up. But he's he's just like, he's whining the entire time. Yeah, he, he's he's the whiner. He's <clears throat> very complainy, <laughs> and he's the cavalier, which is supposed to be like a knight, I guess. So it, he should mm-hmm. be more brave, but he's not. He's he's well, very he's, whiny, like you said. Well, he's complaining, but he's offering no other suggestions. It's like, no, well, this is yeah. why are we doing this? <laughs> it's right. like, okay, what's your bright idea, pal? Right. Uh, <laughs> they get up there. Uh, they have to lower the drawbridge, and of course. Uh, oh yeah, it's Eric the Cavalier who's like swim the moat, and it's like uh, there is no moat, and he's like, I, I I think it's like yeah, there's like a gap between the clouds, which means if yes. you swim the moat, you'll fall. <laughs> right. I mean, they're and standing it, on the clouds, but yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I think Hank is uh, Hank is the one who's like, uh, if, go ahead and swim it if you want. And he's like, well, I was never into skydiving. It's like okay, snapping <laughs> one-liners. I love it. Right. Um, Diana uses her staff. She flips over, lowers the drawbridge, and we find Merlin. (laughs) And what's funny here is they remember the warning about the white hair, and Merlin has white hair, but he's like, oh, wait a minute, and he takes his hat off. It's like a wig because he doesn't have hair (laughs) because he's 70 years old. Right, 70. It specifically says 70, so it's... I was cracking up at this part. Um, 
so basically they said, you know, can you help us get home? And he's like, no, I can't. But uh, I think he kind of tells them how he was the one that banished the dragons. And no sooner does he say that than Tiamat shows up, who showed up earlier in the episode. Uh, I guess I guess he was following the kids. And the dragon chases them through the castle. And at this point, I'm wondering, I'm like, isn't Merlin really powerful? Why isn't he doing anything? Why doesn't he get, why doesn't he do one thing for it? Yeah, they're just, they're, they're running for it. But I did like that. They, they use some teamwork. Um, they get to the dungeon area where Merlin says there's no escape. Uh, they open the dungeon, uh, presto conjures, a a carpet to cover the big hole. You know, it's like that old gag. <laughs> All in. There you go. The dragon falls. Episode. So it's... <laughs> it it kind of was because they cover it with a giant carpet, the hole leading to the dungeon. And then I think it's Diana goes out and, you know, makes like a, a joke, like, you know, hey, dragon breath over here. And the dragon just stops and falls. <laughs> so they trapped the dragon and, uh, you know, Again, Merlin can't help them, but says, uh, oh, since I'm 70 years old, uh, it's about time I found a replacement and basically says, you know, Presto could be my apprentice and I'll teach him everything and he'll be, I guess, the new Merlin, but he has to stay here forever. Also right here, because uh, in the confusion, Merlin the entire time was holding this white rabbit and one of the one of the kids, I forget <laughs> who it was, hands it back and he's like, it's not a white rabbit, it's a white hair. And I'm like, nobody picked up. Hello. (laughs) Hello, McFly. It's a white hair. It's almost sort of like, oh, thank you. It's not a rabbit. It's a hair. This white hair. I'm holding it. I'm petting. I'm petting the white hair. See my white hair? And I'm like, really, kids? (laughs) Because think back. When you were a kid, when you think back, would you be sitting there thinking, oh, it's obvious. It's a white hair. That's, That's the bad guy. But were you sitting there going, oh, yeah, it is a hare. Look at that. I didn't know a rabbit was called a hare. <laughs> Just like they were thinking. I mean, I would have. I probably, uh, you know, at that time, because I think uh, this cartoon came out in 83. So I was 12 years old. Okay. I probably, like the kids, would have been fooled when they came in and they saw that he had a head of white hair. And he's like, nope, it's just a wig. And it's like, oh, OK, not him. Yep. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, and <laughs> white hair thing. Flew right over my head. Right. Um, so Presto decides to stay. He's going to stay. He's going to train. And the kids are just like, okay, well, we'll go to Helix. Uh, they head off to Helix for this big celebration. <laughs> and again, I mean, I, I guess as a kid, I don't know if you would get suspicious, but it's sort of like, again, Merlin's doing nothing. He's like, teaches Presto nothing. He's like, stir this pot. I'll be right back. <laughs> don't stop stirring it. But the book over there tells you, how to do everything. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Don't stop, don't stop stirring the pot. <laughs> and no sooner does Merlin leave than he's just like, I'm going to look at the book. So he, he finds right. a spell. <laughs> he finds a spell to, uh, well, it's funny because he says he finds a spell to get them home. He's really making a potion, but okay, that's a big nerdy technical thing. there. Right. <laughs> it, I love how he pulls all the ingredients down and there's like 20 ingredients in front of him. And in just pure cartoon physics, he just scoops them up in his arms like no problem. He's just like, whoop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Takes it over to the cauldron. He starts adding everything in, says some magic words, and he starts freeing the dragons. 
um he runs he finds merlin and he's like i'm really sorry and this is where merlin reveals himself to be venger and when i heard venger and you know afterwards jason and i you know after we watched the episode we each kind of looked up the voice cast i was like wow venger sounds just like optimus prime (laughs) (laughs) because he is (laughs) the same guy (laughs) Voice actor Peter Cullen, uh, who did the voice of Optimus Prime, uh, did the voice of Venger here. But it's—I it, mean, it was—it was—it was Optimus. He even sounded robotic. Yes, it was—it was, it was synthesized. It sounded just like Optimus Prime. And I've heard him talk normal, just and he—yeah, uh, his voice sounds like Optimus Prime. But they mm-hmm. synthesized it a little bit more. But this one sounded like Optimus Prime, and it was not even close to being Optimus Prime. It was, yeah, it was. They really didn't try to mask his voice at all. So, in other words, it's like his regular voice, but they just add a little. They run it through a synthesizer, maybe, yeah. or yeah, yeah. It's like presto, roll out. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, so, Avenger basically <laughs> exactly. Well, he says that. Um, I was trying to figure this out. So he basically said that he was the one that cast a spell a thousand years ago to summon the dragons, which was bad magic. So I'm going to assume that Merlin used good magic to seal them in. But then Venger is like, I needed your good magic to free them. And I'm like, wait a minute, bad magic trapped by good magic, freed by good magic. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, see, that didn't make any sense. Yeah, that's. Not, not that any other other stuff made sense, but that really did not make sense. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's some other stuff coming up that did not make any sense. <laughs> um, yeah, so he he pretty much he pretty much says that like, ha ha. Uh, he goes, I'm going to steal your magic, and just takes his hat off of his head. Presto. Well, I guess as like a, a, a eleven or twelve year old kid, if I was faced with Venger, I would probably not know <laughs> what to do either. Right. Um. So then he, Presto, I think he kind of runs away. And then we cut to the town of Helix where they're just hanging there and, you know, enjoying this festival. And Bobby the Barbarian, I guess, teaches them baseball. <laughs> which yeah, I that was, yeah. <laughs> Throwing rocks into his, into his club and just hitting them out of the, into the atmosphere. <laughs> so it was... Well, well, this is one thing I noticed, um, because Bobby is the youngest. Uh, he's the thief. I think her name is Sheila is the thief. Yeah, Sheila. Sheila yeah, yeah. She's, uh, he's Sheila's little brother. It seems that every time he uses the club, like when the club, I guess he activates it and it glows, he looks like he gets buff. Like all of a sudden he goes from this, li- right. he still stays the same height, but it's like he just gets incredibly buff. That's what, at least that's like what I picked <laughs> up on. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you, you got that right. So it was... <laughs> um so okay so yeah that's right so they're they're all they're doing that uh sheila and diana are are going to this fortune teller i guess (laughs) it's funny she's like you'll have riches you'll have gold oh no dragons right the dragons are coming the dragons she sees it like i see your future and dragons uh Hank, hank is talking to the mayor and he sort of, and he's like, "Yeah, we met Merlin." He's like, "What?" Merlin's been dead a thousand years. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh no!" And one of the notes I, one of the notes I made here is, you know, so they they realize that they've been tricked. The dragons are attacking, but Hank 
Sheila and Diana do this like two minute exposition about they basically explain what happened. And I'm like, dragons are circling overhead. They're torching everything, <laughs> you know, and obviously going back to Dungeon Master's sort of like quest or riddle that he gave them. He basically, you know, and I think this was a theme throughout the show where they're like, we want to get home. And he's like, I can't take you home, but go this way and go to this place and basically sending them where they needed to be to help out. So <laughs> they're supposed to be there to help out. And the three of them are like, oh, we see what happened. Uh, it was it was a hair, not the hair on his head. And and I'm like, guys are flying <laughs> Uh, Presto shows up and they're all like, we know, we figured it out. Uh, they go back to Merlin's castle. They're going to have Presto reverse the spell, even though he doesn't have his hat anymore. But I, I guess he's just going to do the spell. Um, it's the confidence of the magician. They gave him the confidence. They said, you can do it. You did stuff before. You can do it. So well, that's, there's your confidence and do it. <laughs> so. well, well, that's the thing that I kind of noticed was interesting was Hank is supposed to be the leader. So when they go back into the castle and Venger comes to stop them, you know, Hank is like, okay, Presto and I, we're going to go do the spell and, you know, the rest of you distract Venger or, you know, do whatever. And I'm like, okay, good plan. And then they get there and Presto's like, I don't think I could do it. And he's like, yeah, you can. And I'm like, okay, where's the big (laughs) inspirational speech? Oh, um, Venger. And this was actually and I was thinking, like, as a little kid, this was actually pretty scary. Like, he he finds them, basically corners them, and, and it's he doesn't say it, but he pretty much implies, like, he's going to kill them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so they're trapped, and then uh, the rest of the kids pretty much decided the only thing that they could do is free Tiamat, because that's the only beast or being that Venger fears. Tiamat is freed, chases off Venger, and... The one thing I noticed is Presto does the spell, but then I was like, wait a minute, how did he know the spell? Like, he's saying this incantation. How did he know it? <laughs> yeah, right. He, he just made up the words, did the spell, and Presto, it worked. <laughs> it did. <laughs> and they now, saved... <laughs> Go ahead. They, 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 saved, they saved the town from the dragons, so it was it was a perfect spell. Now, the, the one question I had was, when, when if... Venger is scared of Tiamat, mm-hmm. and Merlin was Venger. Tiamat came in in the beginning, yes. into the castle. Venger was not scared when he was imitating Merlin. He's just like, oh, it's Tiamat, and wasn't scared at all. So I'm like, it kind of threw me off there, too. It was like the continuity of him being seen. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking into it way too deep. So. Well, no, if you think about it, he's basically like he's not being scared because he's like, oh, these kids who can barely use their powers, they'll save me. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm not doing anything because I'm 70 right. years old. I'm 70 <laughs> years. I'm really old at 70. Time for right. me. Like, he pretty much says, I'm 70. Time to retire. <laughs> Time for me to die. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I can't grow hair anymore. I have to wear a wig. <laughs> a wig that's attached to your hat. That's just like a baseball hat with a mullet. Yes. <laughs> I think he even had the line, he's like, I could do lots of amazing things, and he pulls the hat off, except grow hair. Except yeah. grow hair. <laughs> <laughs> they so needed, They needed a laugh track for that show. That would have been a great laugh track show. 
that would have been like or or like the uh like the trombone you know wah, wah, right right <laughs> oh my god um did they save the day yeah and they're like oh okay what are we gonna do now and presto's kind of bummed he's like i don't have my hat and dungeon masters like sort of just appears and like hey kid you lose this and then it was uh oh and then eric is sort of like you know hey there pal why don't you up oh, oh, he disappeared again yeah <laughs> and now, the, epi- the one thing we didn't go ahead i'm sorry oh go ahead go ahead oh i was gonna say the one thing we missed was in the beginning uh presto they, they needed horses they needed a ride so presto oh they were hungry i'm sorry in the beginning they were hungry and he said i'm gonna conjure up some burgers so mm-hmm. he did a uh, did a spell and a cow came yes and the cow was like oh and he's like oh i made a cow i made a mistake i can't believe this so yeah. he they the cow disappeared. They uh, well, we don't know if the cow disappeared because he didn't make it disappear. But then at the end, they needed horses, and the cavaliers said, uh, "I need a horse." So there's not enough horses. So what did Presto do? He created the cow again, and Presto said, and and cavalier said, "I'm not riding anything that I get milk from or something." <laughs> some just weird. Yes, it was a, it was a weird line like that. It's a bizarre line. I'm like, what? Are you, just ride the stupid, and it was just a cow. It was just. But then, he, like he said that, and then he kind of looks at it, sort of like, you know, what are you looking at, pal? And right, the cow and just, and it licked him. <laughs> right, and that would have been a, again a perfect time for like a wah wah. Right. <laughs> and the episode ends. <sighs> so let me ask you. Uh... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so as a kid, you enjoyed this cartoon. As a kid, I loved it. And same thing, I loved it too. How did you feel watching it now? Did you feel nostalgic? Did you feel like, why did I watch this as a kid? Like, what, what were some of your thoughts when you were watching this episode? All right. Uh, in the beginning, the, the, the opening scene, very nostalgic. Love the beginning, like we said before. Love seeing how they got their weapons. And I really enjoyed watching it for the how they're using their weapons and using their powers. And that, that probably stems from me being a a fan of like comic books and superheroes, seeing the characters use their powers, knowing how to use them, even if they screw them up every now and then, it's still cool to see that. How I feel about it now, it was painful to watch because (laughs) (laughs) I've seen so many better cartoons. As an adult, I watch cartoons. I know a lot of adults out there watch their cartoons and I'm not going to, so I have no, no animosity to people that watch cartoons, love cartoons. I watch just about any cartoon. My son is four years old. I watch cartoons that I've never thought I would watch. And they're actually, some of them are semi are right now, even the modern ones. I always go back to the older ones, but now I I don't think I could sit through a full season of this show. I don't think so. Yeah, (laughs) I'd have to agree. I mean, it's the same thing when the, when the introduction started up, I, I got that feel of nostalgia. I did appreciate it for the fact that it was a pretty compared to other cartoons at that time, it was pretty unique um, because I think kind of thinking back to that time period, you know, if you had a cartoon that was like a hero cartoon, it was usually a hero with one or two sidekicks. Like this was a group right. of heroes together, which was pretty cool. Um, the fact all that kids. all kids, which of course, you know, at the time you're a kid watching it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and the fact that, I mean, I don't think I thought of it this way as a kid, 
this is actually kind of a violent cartoon, you know, and cartoons I know are violent in general, but right. like, like I'm thinking back to that scene where Venger corners, you know, Hank and Presto. And again, you know, doesn't say it directly, but you know, I was watching it going, Oh man, he's going to kill them. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, in doing some research uh, on just on, on Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon series in general, they actually, I don't know when second season, third season, I don't know when they actually had to put a warning before the start of the cartoon about the violence because, yeah. And I I remember seeing that somewhere like they had a, I wonder, I think I actually found actually the, the actual warning that they put on top of it. Okay. Let me scroll down here a little bit. Do, 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 unfinished episode controversy. Here we go. Um, yeah, they said because, you know, they, while they didn't directly talk about killing, it was always heavily implied. Um, the level of violence was considered a little bit higher than other children's cartoons. They did put a disclaimer in front of it because this was also around the time when, People were trying to link the game Dungeons and Dragons to like to violence that was being committed by kids trying to say that, you know, they they were inspired by the game, not the cartoon. And I guess the cartoon maybe wanting to distance themselves or kind of, you know, getting ahead of any kind of scandal while they didn't curb the violence. um, They just put a warning up in front of it that, you know, that's a pretty violent cartoon. Right. However, one of the things I read is that in its three seasons, it was one of the top-rated cartoons, uh, Saturday morning cartoons, and I'm mm. kind of not surprised by that. Yeah, neither am I. Now, I know the game, the game itself, even though I never played it, I know they had a stigma with it about kids that play it uh, like are in, into the occult mm-hmm. and or like what kids would be considered like goth. I mean, they weren't really goth back then, but right. it was – more dark and like they would hide out how to hide out in other kids' houses and play Dungeons and Dragons for hours hours on end and it'd be all weird and and they would <laughs> they would be they, you would think of witches and stuff like that oh they're Satan worshippers or something like that so maybe maybe the show was trying to distance itself from that also by just saying hey uh, there is some violence in this it's it's watch at your own risk. So. Yeah, and it's and it's a cartoon, but yeah, I mean, there definitely was that stigma around the game itself. I mean, like I said, around this time, I was playing it. I was playing it with friends, and although our parents were okay with it, I mean, we did not go to school and talk about the fact that we played Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> um, just because. I mean, there really was such. I think there was sort of like that weird, like if you play Dungeons and Dragons, you were like. And like you said, we didn't have that term back then, goth. Like you weren't that goth right. kid, but you right. were that yeah. weird kid. Uh, and and you, you're the nerd, nerd that nerd. plays a, a board game. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, you're a nerd <laughs> that plays a board game. Exactly. Um, now, now mm-hmm. were you would you be allowed to play it in school, like at lunch break or something like that? No, or? no, there were actually were bands on it. Um, wow. Yeah, there, there really, there really was. I actually remember. I think when I was in middle school, uh, the library in the school also used to carry magazines, and one of the magazines that it used to carry was Dragon Magazine, which was kind of the official magazine for Dungeons right. and Dragons. When, for whatever reason, it's not like there was any kind of incident around where I grew up that 
kind of sparked, I guess, just this national sort of panic about it. It was pulled out. They canceled their subscription to it or whatever. And there were announcements that, you know, not allowed to play it during lunch, no paraphernalia of any kind, and just really no explanation as to why. But in all honesty, none of us, none of us kids that played it wanted to be targeted or bullied for it. So we weren't bringing it to school (laughs) anyway. So it's like, oh yeah, sure. There's a band. No problem. Like we're not playing that here anyway. (laughs) See, in my school, they they would, they were playing it. There was a group of kids and Mm -hmm. I was invited over because I was one of the nerdy guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the group, my group of friends were, were kind of, were nerdy and there, there was different groups of nerds. Like schools have like all those weird cliques and everything. Sure. But mine, my, I, I had a, we had a small school here and we had a, in my graduating class, I think there was like 104 kids oh, wow. in the graduating class. So our school had maybe 400 and some kids in the middle school itself when I was there. Okay. So lunch, lunch class, lunchtime was like almost everybody in school. Well, they would we would break up at different tables. Well, one table would be playing Dungeons and Dragons, while the other nerds, which I was part of, would be talking about and opening up comic books. Mm, okay. And we didn't really associate with Dungeons and Dragons. We called them gaming nerds or whatever. We called them dungeon nerds or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had their own special word for them. But they were allowed yeah. to play it in, in school. And we, we got invited to play, but I never played. I was just like, no, nah, I'm not interested and whatever. I didn't really feel like playing it. But and mm-hmm. so in our school, they they played it. And of course, they got bullied for it and they didn't really care, I guess. But and I got bullied for comics. So it was it was, <laughs> it was all good. good old days. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and now who's laughing now? Who has the nice comic book collection? <laughs> this is this is very true now. I mean, a lot of this stuff is really, you know, guess who kept all their Transformers, huh? Yeah. <laughs> It actually oh, that actually man. reminds me of um I don't know if it was like a uh like a remake of Twilight Zone or Outer Limits but it was it was a kind of a show like that like like an Outer Limits kind of show. And what was interesting was the main character was like a young boy or a young guy and he was played by Mark Hamill, you know, so of course we know Luke Skywalker. And uh I think it took I think it took place in like the 20s or 30s and he finds like an elf or a leprechaun and he he helps oh i think you you know exactly which show and i know what the episode it's my one of my favorite episodes and yeah i i can't i can't name the name the show right offhand because you 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 threw me off but you're Mm -hmm. naming one of my favorite episodes of that show go ahead yeah so (laughs) yeah so basically he i think he like he frees this this leprechaun and forces him you know to to grant him a wish or something and he's like how do i become wealthy or you know like you know rich and famous rich and powerful and the leprechaun tells him whatever you do don't throw anything you collect don't throw anything out and he goes throughout his life he's collecting comic books and he's collecting you know for the time i guess what would be considered like figurines and all this memorabilia and um i think it's like he he doesn't go to college and eventually he's like this older man now with this massive collection because he followed what the leprechaun told him he has all this memorabilia and comics and everything and he has nothing he's basically a bum and um i think what it is is he he's he's trying to buy 
enough gas to like, this is kind of depressing. He's trying to buy enough <laughs> gas to drive off a cliff. And he goes to like a gas station and he has like this this really elaborate mug with pennies in it. And he's sort of like, come on, just give me some gas for this. And a woman sees it and she's like, oh, that's the so-and-so mug. Like I had that as a little girl. I'll buy it from you. And he's thinking, okay, for some spare change. And she's like, she offers him like a thousand dollars. Then he realizes like, oh, I have this huge collection from like the twenties or thirties. And this is basically how he becomes a, a multimillionaire by auctioning yes. everything off. <laughs> it's strange things, strange stories. Okay. That's the name of okay. the show, strange stories. Yeah. Cause the, at the end, the leprechaun was the leprechaun or the whatever was, was at the auction. He had a big white beard and the, and mm-hmm. the, the boy that became the man had a white beard and the, and he would like winked at the old man. Like you did what I told you. Now you're going to be rich. And everybody was buying all his stuff. He goes up next to an auction is the number one of or whatever comic book. And let's start the bidding at $1 million. <laughs> and it was just like, because he had that old car and he was trying to fill it up with gas and that, yes. that, that, that uh, Cadillac pulled up or were Lincoln or whatever it was. And, the window rolled down and the lady with the long fingernails smoking his cigarette said, is that a so-and-so mug? And he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love one of the, my favorite episodes. Yeah, <laughs> so- it really was. And, and the thing that's really interesting is, is you know, years later on a, on a podcast, uh, Mark Hamill came on. Uh, it was actually a Batman. It was actually Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman. Uh, he came on to talk about, of course, playing the Joker and whatnot. He... You know, I never really realized how much of a nerd Mark Hamill was until I heard that interview because he and Kevin Smith are talking comics and he's talking like, you know, Mark Hamill is talking like golden age, like he's rattling off titles and an issue number, you know, 75 of, of, uh, you know, super action comics was the first appearance of, you know, this character. And even Kevin Smith's like, Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. (laughs) I mean, he really was. So like that actually was a great role for him. And that was, that was, that was an awesome episode. Yes. Speaking of famous people uh, and voiceovers and whatnot. um, I know when I was watching it, like I said, when I heard Venger, I was like, sounds like Optimus Prime. Right. When I heard Eric the Cavalier, I was going nuts. I was like, I know I know this voice. I know I know this voice. Uh, so we actually did look it up afterwards. So uh, so who are some of the famous people that, that voice some of these characters? Well, uh, Eric the Cavalier was Don Most, who is also Ralph the Mouth. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> it, it kind of hit him because he was all smart mouth in the show <laughs> the one that surprised me which i i didn't know was uh mm-hmm. was bobby the barbarian and it was adam rich from eight is enough i had no clue which was perfect because that was his age at the time also exactly it was a perfect perfect time and the uh hank, one, hank, like, yeah hank the ranger was voiced by willie ames who also yes. was on eight is enough but I remembered him more from Charles in Charge, where he was Buddy Lembeck on Charles in Charge. <laughs> yes. Which is probably why I didn't recognize the voice, because I, you right. know, if he sounded more like Buddy Lembeck, I would have been like, I know that guy. Right. <laughs> uh, it, it is amazing on how many actors actually did the voices for all those cartoons. And, and you think about it, you're like, man, they, they actually did something with their lives for some of the shows. They were famous. They were actually famous people. And I mean, even today, Famous people do voices for cartoons, and we don't really realize it because the kids are watching it. We're not really paying attention, but mm-hmm. they're on there. 
Like funny, you know, so talking about voiceovers and, and, and things like that. So when my daughter was younger, she used to watch a cartoon on Nickelodeon called Fairly Odd Parents. And on it was um, Adam West made an appearance uh, and he played a character. He played Adam West, who as a child was the star of a TV show called Catman. So he would wear a Catman costume, which looked like an off-color Batman costume, and he would right. he would run around, he you know, in his Adam Adam West voice, he'd be like, "Hey there, Timmy, don't worry." So my daughter used to love it and everything. So one day I'm flipping the channels, and the original '66 Batman movie came on. Oh, okay. My daughter's like, yep. "Oh, let's watch this. This looks funny." So we're watching it, and she turns to me and she goes. Batman's voice sounds so familiar. And I said, oh, that's Adam West. She looks at me and goes, that's a real person? <laughs> she thought he was a character, Adam West. And then it's like the gears clicked in place. And it's like, wait, he played Catman. Bat and it was like the light bulb went off. And she thought right. it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it, yeah, when, when you, it's, it's almost like when you see, when you listen to, I listen to a lot of talk radio. Mm -hmm. And Back when back when I was a, in a teenager, we the t, the radio stations that we listened to were like uh, 98YCR, which was a local Hanover Hanover Pennsylvania radio station, mm -hmm. and they had like the guys on there called the Ugly DJ and these other guys. <laughs> and you always have in your mind your picture of what they look like, and then when you see them, you are just so disappointed because it <laughs> your whole <laughs> and, and it, it it's happening now with with characters to me when you see a cartoon and you're like this is awesome and it. And then you find out, like, you're watching Rugrats, and you find out that Flea is one of the voices of one of the yes. Rugrats. And it's like, what? Like, you, 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 you can't unforget that. It's just, I mean, Flea's awesome. Love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But you don't ever picture him being a Rugrat. Well, not only that, when I found out that the, the, the artist that did the music for Rugrats was the former, you know, lead singer and pretty much creator of the band Devo, Mark Mothersbaugh, I was like... <laughs> What? <laughs> right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, my my wife loves, and I've been to two of their concerts. Mm -hmm. uh, my Chemical Romance, MCR. Sure, she sure. loves Ger Gerard Way. Okay. And she, back in back years ago, he actually he actually went to school to be I think a comic book artist or writer. Yes. That's what he wanted to do. Well, he did his own comic, which was the Umbrella Academy. I have all the all the issues of the Umbrella Academy only because she liked the band. Sure, I read them. She never read them, but she just wanted me to get them. They <laughs> were a great. They were a fun band and everything. He did comic books. The band broke up. Now the band is back together. And mm -hmm. just tonight we were looking, and she's like, "Can you you want to try to guess on how much tickets are for this band now?" And I'm like, "I have no clue. What five hundred dollars?" She just looks at me. And she goes. For the nosebleed section, it's two hundred and eighty dollars. Oh. If you want to be in the pit or even close, it's a thousand to two thousand dollars. And I'm like, wow. we we saw them at University of Maryland for <laughs> sixty bucks or forty bucks, <laughs> and we saw them at Meriwether Post Pavilion in in Maryland for like sixty dollars. And I'm like, now it's like thousands of dollars to see them. And I'm like, it's because he has now created a comic book. He mm -hmm. now did a TV show, Umbrella Academy. He yes. writes for comic books. So it's and now he's not doing comic books right now. He's doing his music stuff again. But mm -hmm. it just it it just goes to show you like these people do a lot of different things and you don't really know it from behind the scenes unless you're following the band or a, a writer or a, intently. I mean, you, I have no clue. 
but it was, yeah, it was just, it was just funny. Just tonight we were talking about that. So it just like kind of <clears throat> plays into part of the, what we were just talking about. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it really is amazing and I'm sure, you know, in weeks to come, as we tackle other cartoons that we grew up with, we're probably going to run into the same thing again, where, oh, yeah. you know, with, with our adult eyes and ears, we're going to like watch and listen and say like, you know, wait, I know that voice and find out it was like a child star or a TV star <laughs> from that era. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So how many, how many different characters Peter Cullen played? <laughs> oh my God. But, well, the other thing too is, is, um, Frank Welker, who, you know, for people that know, Frank Welker is a huge, like, he's kind of like, like the big rock star of, like, voiceover people. Uh, he was in this episode. He voiced Tiamat. He voiced uh, a couple. Of, I think he voices Uni. Um, yes. He's all over the place, too, as well. Yeah. So, like, he and, and, and Peter Cullen, they're kind of like the big, the big names in voiceover work. Voiceover artists actually a lot of them really can make a very good living. It's, it's amazing. And they have their groupies also. Mm. They, they don't do anything but voiceovers and they get their groupies. So, and you see that at comic cons a lot. Oh, absolutely. Um, last year, uh, Diana and I went to East coast comic con and one of the big draws for her was, uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman was going to be there. Right. Um, and when we went, we went on a Saturday and it was actually, he was supposed to be there all three days. He couldn't make it on Friday for whatever reason. So he was there on Saturday. There really wasn't a line around him. He was charging very reasonable rates to sign things or even if you wanted him to record something, which I was kind of like, I don't really use voicemail. Or I, it would have been cool to have, you know, like a Batman voicemail, but I don't right. use voicemail anymore. So... Diana actually brought a copy of uh, Video Game Injustice, which is uh, a fighting game. Uh, it's like a DC fighting game. And obviously, he, he voices Batman in it. He was very surprised. And, you know, he said, you know, wow, you know, nobody's ever asked me to sign this before. And I was like a little kid going, Batman's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he was... Well, I, and he, I had well, I was going to say he was he was very, very nice. I mean, I, also, too, because there really wasn't a line at the time. So he actually talked to my daughter for, you know, a good five minutes. You know, I right. think she I think she asked him, like, what was it like to work with Mark Hamill? <laughs> <laughs> of course. He's like, it was fine. <laughs> well, he said, well, he said, he said, you know, he goes, when when they record the episodes, they pretty much go into the studio and sit around a big table and they're reading the scripts so, you know, they could bounce their voices off of one another and get reactions. And they said, or he said that, you know, Mark Hamill, when he's doing the Joker, is he does not sit. He's standing. He's incredible. He's basically acting like the Joker as he's doing the voice. And I'm like, yeah, imagine. of course he is. Of course he right. is. <laughs> the, I had a similar experience and i'll try to make this as quick as possible so no, go for end it. the podcast we're not taking everybody's <laughs> six hours <laughs> but, uh, go for it go I, for I it was a few it was a few years ago uh mm-hmm. one of my, my wife's old boss is a huge music fan like he loves 60s garage bands so sure. him and i him and i took a trip to uh i think it's cincinnati where the rock and roll hall of fame is okay he's 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 called he's called a founding member or founding something like that where he was there the first day the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened, and he has a oh. membership to it, cool. so, which is really cool. His name is in, like, the, the founder's book. Like, he's, like, one of the people that was the first ones. Anyway, so he wanted to show me the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm not into music a lot, but I love pop culture. 
obviously, because sure. we're all nerds. So <laughs> he, we, we were going around the whole museum, and I'm pointing out different things. Like they had a KISS display, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at the KISS action figures. I have those. And I would explain that to him, and he would tell me about the music and stuff like that. And So anyway, we were walking around, and we met up with one of the tour directors because she thought we were lost. And we said, well, we're kind of look, looking around. Well, she asked us if we're there for a concert. And we're like, no, we had no clue there was a concert. And she goes, well, let me see if I can get you guys tickets. She wow. goes, it's a, it's a sold-out concert, but let me see if I can get you guys tickets. Okay, fine. So she came back like an hour later. She goes, here's two tickets. They're free on the house. Awesome. Wow. So we go, we go into this concert, and we're waiting in line to get into the room. And I look around, and there is some 80-year-old, 90, 80 or 90-year-old men and women, mm-hmm. real older, older people. Mm-hmm. There is some teenagers there's some middle-aged people there's people our age there's a whole eclectic group of people and i'm like this is so bizarre like who is this person that we are going to go see we had no clue when we walked in there was a sign there that said tonight one night only barry will not barry williams man i'm gonna forget his name (laughs) crap is your computer sitting there in front of you and if it is while i'm telling you look up uh the cartoon batman cartoon and who did the voice of the penguin in the cartoon? In the anyway, in Batman the animated series. Yes, in the animated series. Okay. Well, it's this. This guy is actually the guy that wrote the the, the theme song to the Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Uh, he played uh, one of the apes in Planet of the Apes. He did a voice of the penguin in Batman the animated series. He was in Smokey and the Bandit. He was in all these different things, but he was also a musician. Okay, I I got it. Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Mm -hmm. The guy is like four foot, four foot tall. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So we we are sitting there in the audience listening to this guy do like love boat crooning. And we are laughing. (laughs) There was people applauding and we are like, oh, my gosh, we and. And my my friend Brian is like, uh, this is like surreal. I would never expect in a million years I would ever see this guy. I thought he was dead. <laughs> so at, at the end, he had a meet and greet, a free mm-hmm. meet and greet. He said, come on up wow. on stage. So I got my, my little pamphlet that had his picture on it. I walked up and I'm like, it was my turn. I'm like, what am I going to say to this guy? I, I never sure. knew he did Batman or did uh, the Penguin. So I walked up and I'm like. I just got to say, I am a huge fan of, of your movie and cartoon work. Your voiceover for the Penguin is amazing. And he signed my he signed my phone, my little pamphlet. And I turned to Brian and I pointed at him and I said, he's a huge fan of your music. And Brian just got the biggest, reddest face in the world. <laughs> it, it was like it's just a weird, surreal moment because I've never met like anybody like that funny. It's just like this is so bizarre. And it was just a weird situation, but it was it was neat. Something I'll never forget. Except for uh, his name. Was it again? <laughs> Paul Williams. <laughs> but it was just so funny. And he looked as old as could be and just frail. And but he had like a really old, like really old guitar player come up and play beside him. It was bizarre. Wow. It was just a really weird thing. But anyway. So it's like sort of like your daughter meeting Kevin Conroy. So it's like <laughs> it's, it's not, I mean, it, it, it is amazing you know it's one thing you know when you go to these things like a, you know a concert or you go to a comic book convention and you know it's one thing uh, the one uh, East Coast Comic Con that we went to we actually uh, got our picture taken with and got to meet Val Kilmer which is like I, I was right. thrilled to do that Tombstone you know 
he was obviously he was there, you know, because he did play Batman in in the one film. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) but, you know, just as amazing to meet like a Kevin Conroy who really is just known for his voice and. You know, just hearing, like I said, just when he's carrying on a normal conversation. I mean, I'm sure when he does Batman, he puts a little edge on it, but but you could right. hear it. You could hear it in his voice. It's it's absolutely amazing. Right next to his table was Jonathan Glover, who played uh, on Smallville. He was Lionel Luther, and we had just seen Shazam, where um, uh, Jonathan Glover was the father of um, the villain. Oh, now I'm yes. blanking. What's that? Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, he, I know who you're talking about. yeah he, he was the, the villain's father. And we went over there to, to you know, to basically, basically saying uh, we have no intention of buying any autographs or anything. We just want to say it was really cool seeing you in Shazam. <laughs> and he was very nice about it. Right. His handler, not so much. The handler was sort of like, well, if you like it so much, buy a picture. And we're like, right. we just want to say hello. Yeah, just bye. <laughs> Uh, well, this was a lot of fun, and yes, uh, yes and we are going to come back. We're, we'll we'll probably pick another cartoon uh, as soon as we get done recording this, which will be very <laughs> soon, I promise. Uh, we'll pick another cartoon. We'll just find a random episode, watch it, critique it, and uh, we'll come back and talk to you guys. I want to awesome. thank Jason uh, for coming on and doing this with me. We had a blast. Jason, is there anything you'd like to plug? Sure. Uh, my YouTube page, which I'm just trying to get going again i just did one for the new year it's a ewan's stomach it's just a food channel i do i I don't do competitive eating i just for health reasons i'm not going to do it and it's disgusting (laughs) i love watching it i tried it i tried it in the past not doing it anymore but i will do some bizarre foods and just like different foods and stuff like that uh i do have another another podcast that i do occasionally maybe like once or twice a year if I get my buddy to do it, <laughs> it's one of our friends, Pete. Uh, we do uh, conversations with Jason and Pete, and you can find that on Anchor and Google and, and uh, iTunes, just like this show. Uh, but besides that, not really. I mean, my, my Instagram is I can't remember the name of the Instagram page. Family Heart Family, Fun Food. Family Heart Fun Food. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's just it's it's mainly comic books and food and and just nonsense. So if you want to be have some mindless entertainment check it out <laughs> so that's about it. absolutely and speaking of instagram head on over to instagram uh stuff you don't need to know is there i post pictures about the stuff that i talk about i throw up the occasional poll and uh again jason thank you for coming on thank you and i'll talk yep and i'll talk to you guys later yeah